Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me tonight is Alex Reclean. What's up, Alex? Hey, thanks for having me. Pleasure to no, be back. Th- thanks for coming back. Yeah, I appreciate it. Alex is a writer over at Rotowire, uh, does some stuff for DraftKings, has been featured in Yahoo Fantasy Analyst as well, and... You just started your own fancy basketball podcast. How's that going? It's been going pretty well so far. Um, it's been kind of fun learning how to trying to teach myself how to edit it all and going going through all that, uh, working out a lot of the kinks. But it, it's it's been fun. Uh, I, I try to I keep them a, a lot shorter. It's not sort of you know the whole league overview. Like um, you guys do more are you, of. Are you trying to uh, say that our podcasts are too long, Alex? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I don't want to compete. I want you know symbiosis with you guys, and and Whoa. I want people to be able to easily add me into their rotation. I don't want to replace anybody. Careful, you might hurt some some of our listeners with the the, voc- the vocab words coming out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everybody, go check out Alex's Fast Breaks Fantasy Podcast. Uh, it is out there on iTunes or wherever you search for your podcasts right now. And uh, I, I have to say, I do like the uh, short format. Thanks. Yeah, there's some it's some good stuff out there. So everybody go check that out. And I wanted to today just do an old-fashioned Watching the Boxes podcast where we go and we just we look at the boxes and, and, and see what we have to say. What do you think about that? Sounds like a good plan to me. Perfect. So uh, let's just get right into it. There's a lot of games tonight, a lot of games over the last couple of days, and we're just going to run through some of those and, and throw out what we've been seeing so far in our um, in our fantasy world. Uh, Alex probably has a little bit of a different perspective than me, me and Tyler do. And uh, yeah, let's let's go. To what happened tonight? Charlotte Hornets versus the Denver Nuggets. I know you wanted to talk about the Charlotte Hornets. You got a apparently got a thing for the Charlotte Hornets over there. I just love Malik Monk. I've he's been my oh, no. boy. Um he he's been the guy I've kind of been talking up all off season. Um that that he he's sort of the one guy that I've been on that other people haven't been. You know, I'm like super excited about Thad Young and Aaron Gordon, but like so are all of the people who pay attention to fantasy basketball, um, you know, yeah, even the people who don't pay attention to fantasy basketball, were excited about Aaron Gordon. So yeah. 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 And like Tori and Prince, but like that doesn't, there's nothing special about me liking that, those guys, but like Malik Monk's been the one where it's like, I'm on him and I, and I look around and I don't see anyone else getting excited. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just like pumped and, he finally tonight did what I thought he was going to be doing the whole time. Uh, 25 minutes, uh, 7 for 14, so 50% from the field, three three-pointers, um, you know, two rebounds, two assists. That's exactly what I, you know, what we should expect from Malik Monk. He's not going to get a lot of those rebounds and a lot of assists uh, and 17 points. This is, this is in my mind, like the prototype Malik Monk Knight. This is what I expect him to do 40 times this season, like this exact line. And that's a fantastic line to be getting off waivers or with like your last draft pick, which is what he costs. Yeah, this is um, this is the night uh, of nights for you if you were high on Malik Monk, which uh, I can't say that I was high on Malik Monk because I just really didn't know about his playing time. And tonight he played 25 minutes. But that is the most he has played this season. Now, uh, short sample size alert, everybody. Uh, there's been a lot of those at the beginning of the season, a lot of short sample sizes. But he's only, um, let's see, he's only averaging about, well, 23 minutes. So that's not terrible. Um, this team and, does need someone to come off the bench. Though. And I think it's, I think it's, I think that the 23 minutes is actually like such a positive thing because he, the first, the, on the, in the opener, he missed his first seven shots. And in the second game, he missed his first four shots. So they were taking him out earlier than they wanted to, according to like, you know, their idealized rotation that they had in their minds, because he just wasn't making anything. Um, So 
I think that his playing time those first two nights were, were down a bit because of his poor shooting. And now that his shooting, you know, at least tonight, what we saw is his shooting was up. And so his minutes were up. This was the first time he played 25 minutes in a game. And so I think his, his, as long as he can keep his shooting better than 0 for 7 at the start of games, I think his minutes are going to be on the up. Well, I think you kind of articulated uh, exactly what I'm worried about with Malik Monk is that he doesn't have a very long leash. He is, you know, obviously a rookie and he's got a lot of um, um, time before he'll probably be super consistent. Yeah. Um, he he yeah. can do it, right? He just did it. He just did it tonight. But going forward, I'm not sure if I'm in a standard league, like a 10-team, 12-team league. I'm I'm not sure I'm willing to take one of my bench spots and uh, replace one of those guys with Malik Monk. I think there just might be better waiver wire players out there. I, I would stream Malik Monk. Um, I, I think while, especially while he's in a, a little bit of a hot streak, but I'd actually rather have someone like Frank Kaminsky on this Charlotte Hornets team than Malik Monk. So short term. Yeah. Long term. I, I disagree just because Kaminsky is great when Tyler Zeller is out or co- sorry. Whoever knows which Zeller is which. Cody Zeller. They're all the same. There's too many Zellers in the league, and we're all... Zellers and Plumleys are all the same. It's one person who just moves, you know, travels from court to court very I've never seen them in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Um, Travels slowly when they're on the court, but (laughs) from court... And off the court, too, I believe. Um, Yeah, so Cody Zeller is the one on the Hornets. Um, When he's act, When Cody Zeller is active, Kaminsky always comes off the bench... Uh, happened in the first game this season. And when Cody Zeller is out, uh, Kaminsky plays and plays really, really well. Um, I like highlighted the, this, those, those stats for Kaminsky without Zeller a couple days ago. Let me see if I can find that on my computer again. Um, but yeah, Kaminsky without Zeller is great. But, you know, Zeller at some point will be healthy. Yeah, you're definitely right about that. I think Frank Kaminsky is actually pretty much the way he's been playing and his kind of his versatility uh, has kind of earned an ability to uh, stay within the the rotation. And um, his percentages are really my favorite thing about him is that he's going to hit his free throws. He's going to shoot a decent percentage. He's going to hit threes, and he can play center if, if you really want him to. Uh, let me let me throw out some um, some quick hitters on the Charlotte Hornets for you. Michael K. Gilchrist, standard league relevant or, or or just let's finally call it call it a career for Michael Kidd. I mean, he was out and it's his first game back, and so he only played eleven minutes. So I'm not totally willing to like call it on him, but there's no reason to own him. You know, the eight point seven percent of ESPN managers who own him um, don't, but but um. Yeah, it's it's not looking good for him. Yeah, I've I've never really liked Kid Gilchrist, um, and I think he's fallen to the bottom of the three named player rankings. <laughs> so um, sorry for everybody who had uh, Hollis Jefferson this year as the worst player. Uh, not at all, Kid Gilchrist, yeah. uh, just scraping the bottom of the of that barrel. Yeah, that's Let me, interesting uh, rankings. I like it's, that. It's the it's the only thing I pay attention to. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, the clear first choice. Easily killing everybody. Um, going forward, rest of the year. Let me throw this this another one at you. Jeremy Lamb or Malik Monk, rest of the year, who will be ranked? Uh, rest of the season, who is going to be ranked higher? For the season, I'd want Malik Monk. For the next, uh, uh, between now and whatever date Nick Batum comes back, Jeremy Lamb. But for the season, Malik Monk. I think that's fair. I like I like that assessment. Jeremy Lamb is uh, got the start tonight. Played twenty nine minutes, sixteen points, five assists, a steal, and a block, uh, and three three pointers. Uh, that's a that's a nice little light night from Jeremy Lamb. But he really is um, kind of a a one trick pony. He scores a lot, and um, he doesn't do a ton of uh, other things. Even though tonight he did, and, and that's a little bit I think rare for Jeremy Lamb. But um, it's worth keeping an eye on him. Let's go over the Denver Nuggets and a really disappointing night and uh, a couple disappointing players on this team so far this year. I mean, short sample size. Once again, um, 
don't get too hung up on these uh, on these stats that I'm about to throw at everybody. But Jokic, Will Barton, well, I guess not Will Barton, but Jokic, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, and Jamal Murray are all well, well, well below what they were drafted. Uh, are all these guys by low candidates right now? Jokic, absolutely. Millsap, I got to assume yes. I'm a little um, worried about him. He is getting up there in age, but I, I just don't see why he wouldn't be able to do, you know, 17 and 7 with a block and a steal. Like, why Why couldn't that happen? It's only been four games. And and Millsap, I mean, I mean we're talking a power forward who, even as he's deteriorating, should be getting two assists per game, which is good for a power forward. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I, I think that's an important piece of his profile to include and two assists is a significant decline. He's averaged three for the last five, four years, five years. Um, and I mean, he feels old, but he's only 32. I guess 32 is kind of old for a big man though. Um, he's got a lot of miles on him. That's for sure. Um, I mean, I, he's a buy, he's, he's a buy low, but, um, not like it's not as obvious you know with Nikola Jokic I would still pay so I had Jokic as my ninth pick entering the season I would still pay you know my 10th pick of John Wall slash Damian Lillard for Nikola Jokic and feel like I got yeah. it yeah so um, yeah, I mean, Jokic is going to be a top fifteen player, almost guaranteed. So I'm not terribly worried about his start. And you've seen a, a couple flashes out of him, yeah. um, recently. So he's you know this this offense has got a lot of new parts, and a lot of a lot of people are freaking out out there. And I, and let's just really go real quick through who people are freaking out about: Jokic, Jimmy Butler, uh, I guess Chris Paul's injury or whatever and Millsap, and a couple other uh, guys who are on all of them on new teams. It takes a month or two for guys to learn how to play with each other and to learn what works and what doesn't. And, I mean, look at that Minnesota roster. It is completely full of new guys, but so is this Denver roster. Yep. I, I mean, the end, the collective memory of the NBA talkosphere is shockingly short. It, it happens every time when a big name player changes team, changes teams. It there's an adjustment period, exactly like you said. The um, the talk the talkosphere, which I do like that word, um, of the fantasy basketball community though is is the attention span of of a twelve year old. It, it is literally two games. People are like, should I drop Jimmy Butler? Should I trade him for like, uh, like uh, Aaron Gordon? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. I know Aaron Gordon just scored 41 points. Yeah. That was amazing. Aaron Gordon's going to be pretty good this year. Jimmy Butler's still a top 20 player. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Gordon, if Aaron Gordon has the best season that we could possibly imagine, is he a top 30? Like, like maybe, right? Maybe like maybe, but Butler, like, he's top 20. He, yeah, that's... he'll figure it out. And I think these players on the Denver Nuggets, they'll figure it out too. Um, the only the one I'm a little bit worried about is Jamal Murray. Yes. Not terribly sure if he is a point guard. And uh, they're really throwing him kind of – they're trying to throw him to the wolves here, right? And uh, I haven't liked what I've seen so far. So the only thing – so I was really down on Murray – all off season. And so, you know, he hasn't been particularly great. And so I'm, it's pretty easy to stay down on someone when they're not playing. Well, the only thing that I see working in Murray's favor right now is the, the nuggets are refusing to play Murray at shooting guard. And they're basically having Murray and Moody, trade off and share all of the point guard minutes and the first two games, it was a pretty even split between Moutier and Murray. And the last two games, Murray's been at 29 minutes and 33 minutes, and Moutier has fallen down into the teens. And so if Murray's going to get that kind of workload, then his production should improve above what it is at right now. Like, I don't know if, if he's going to be the top 100 player that a lot of people were hoping for, 
but top 130 at with 30 minutes a game you got to assume he'd be top 130 right yeah and i think we know what i mean people are still like oh maybe moody is going to put it together this year like there's a there's a small small group of people who are saying that and moody is not going to put it together this year um in fact we, we don't know what's going to happen with eric bledsoe you know the Denver nuggets are one of the teams that are being targeted right now but moody is not going to get the starting position back moody is not going to be playing 30 minutes and Murray's going to be playing 20. There's There was flashes there for Murray last year, and I I believe in those flashes, right? This is, like I said, a new system, a lot of new people, but you really can't ignore some of these 20, 30-point games he had last year where he was uh, getting, you know, five, six assists, uh, a couple, ten assist games. The guy's got uh, – Murray's got talent. He's 20 years old. He is shooting 29%. That's going to go up. It's going to go up. Yeah. And uh, I think he is a standard league relevant player, and I've seen people dropping him in standard leagues, and I think everybody should go pick up Jamal Murray if he is at the bottom of your league. I I think there are more exciting prospects available in your waiver wire. I, I would rather mind. have Jamal Murray than Malik Monk. I'll tell you that. I don't mind. Uh, I wouldn't. Oh, wow. Yeah. You, you are into Malik Monk. I, lo- I, I really like Malik Monk. Um, well, I, I, I have to disagree with you. Yeah, I I'm a, I know I'm on an island over here. Um, it's fine. I don't mind. It seems um, like a fun island, to be honest. He seems like a fun player. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't mind picking up Jamal Murray. I'm 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 not saying that's a bad idea. I'm just saying I don't think you have to. I don't. There are players on the waiver wire who really shouldn't be. Um, Laurie Markkanen is available in sixty percent of ESPN leagues. That's crazy. Jamal Murray. If he's available and he fits what you want and you believe, go for it. If he doesn't, fine. Well, let's let's actually go to one of the teams we just talked about, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I'd actually like to go talk about the Chicago Bulls game simply because I um, often let, enjoy talking about the Chicago Bulls. Uh, it's one of the few Bulls games I actually watched. But um, tonight, the Detroit Pistons manhandled the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, pretty embarrassing. But Jimmy Butler was out with um the runs like what did he have do you know it was it's just he was sick right yeah illness i i i once i see illness i don't look for any more details yeah um (laughs) not sure what was going on there uh i'm not gonna dwell on the timberwolves simply because since jimmy butler wasn't there it's gonna be hard to kind of figure out what to make of it i i did find wiggins playing uh hefty minutes a little bit interesting but uh, a lot of people still own Gorgie Dang, and uh, Gorgeous Dang should be dropped in all leagues. This guy is not going to play enough minutes to be relevant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I understood I understood drafting him relatively high. He'd been a top 60 player for three years. But, I mean, <laughs> his minute ceiling is 16 minutes. Like, that's just not ownable anywhere. No, nah, even if he starts getting like 22, 23, he's, he's not ownable. In deeper leagues, once uh, I think you can own him because somebody gets hurt or um, he, he starts playing 23 minutes a game, that's fine. And if you're in a 16-18 team league, all those guys matter, right? But, um, man, it's, uh, it's pretty dismal down there for, for gorgeous day. Yeah. Let's instead talk about the Pistons, a team like nobody ever wants to talk about. Yeah. And um, – I want to I want to look at Tobias Harris's line tonight. Thirty four points, another huge scoring night for Tobias. Four rebounds, two steals, one assist, one block, six three pointers. Um, this team is healthy. Reggie Jackson is healthy. Andre Drummond um, looks pretty healthy. Looks pretty motivated. Tobias Harris to me is the a little bit more of a surprise because he see, I, I thought I had him figured out. Uh, are you surprised by Tobias Harris, and do you think this um, influx of scoring is, is the real deal, or do you think this is a sell-high type of moment for him? I'm not surprised by Tobias Harris. I I was surprised by Tobias Harris last year when he stunk. Um, I've viewed Tobias Harris as kind of a poor man's Paul George for a couple of years, and, and not even a particularly poor man, um, just like, you know... Uh, sort of teacher's salary, Paul George. Um, 
So I'm not I'm not shocked by this. I mean, it, it's nice to see. What I don't understand is what happened to the Pistons at the end of last season because I still have a hard time trusting this team because that collapse was so epic. It, everything, everything just went so terribly at the end of last season and Drummond was horrible and Reggie Jackson looked like he might have been the worst player in the NBA and Tobias Harris couldn't score. And now all of a sudden we're just, it's gone. It's like it never happened. And Drummond's back to, you know, a double-double every night. And Tobias Harris is apparently scoring 30 points. I don't... So my hesitation is not understanding what happened at the end of last year. And if that's just like a weird glitch in the matrix, or if that's something that has some lingering effects and might come back. But in terms of Tobias Harris's skill level, this is... I mean, this is obviously a fantastic night for him, but this is what I believe that he's capable of. He's uh, currently averaging 23 points, three three-pointers, five rebounds. This is a five-game sample size. And he's shooting 52%. Yeah, um, that's a little – I mean, those are a little it's high. It's a little high. Yeah, it's a, it's a little high, but it's – um, if you go look at what he's done in the past, right, um, six, last year – who where he was he wasn't as good as, as I think he could have been like you're saying he's only 25 years old he's entering his prime last year he was 16 and 5 with a, a couple assists and a little over one three pointer so y- you think the truth is somewhere in the middle right yeah and which is kind of why I'm thinking Tobias Harris right now is either at a high mark or. Um, pretty close to the most valuable he is going to be this year. I would be interested in shopping him around. Do, but do you think anyone's going to? My, I guess the reason I don't, I'm, I'm not thinking. Of, I, I, what well, you're saying is totally logical. The only reason I'm hesitating on him as a sell high is because it's not. I mean, are you really going to find someone in your league who <laughs> thinks, yeah, he's going to get six threes it and thirty four sounds... points every night? It sounds like you play with people who know what they're doing. <laughs> it sounds like you play with people who know what, how to play fantasy basketball. And that's the tricky part. A lot uh, there's there's two types of leagues I, I I personally feel. There's the leagues with guys who came over from fantasy football, uh people who are new to fantasy or basketball, people who do not know the NBA, do not know what they're doing, and they either go by name recognition or rankings. And and, and never both. Either they love Le- LeBron and Dwight Howard because that's who they've heard of, or they're like, Tobias Harris is ranked in the top 25 right now. I want him on my team. And those are the easy leagues yeah. to exploit because you can buy low and sell high. When you play with in leagues with you know experts and stuff or people who know what they're doing or know the NBA, everyone knows Tobias Harris is at his peak right now. So you're not going to get, you know, a hundred, well, twenty cents on the dollar is what the reverse of whatever twenty cents to the dollar is. <laughs> You're not going to get a dollar for whatever Tobias Harris is twenty cents, and that's just the truth. You almost have to like trick people into being like, "Oh, Paul Millsaps had a bad start," and then you you trade him, hoping you get someone who's kind of equal to Paul Millsap, but who will break out later in the year, and Paul Millsap will fall apart later in the year. Those are the more little uh, complex trades you have to do. Yeah. And I think you're right with Tobias. You know, who's going to buy that he's this type of player? Exactly. Let's look at uh, Andre Drummond real quick. I know uh, he's back to do his, his double-double ways, and I'm kind of with you on this team. Um, this is like how they were supposed to be playing last year, right? Yeah, it- what happened? I, I want a 30 for 30 investigation. I have no freaking idea. Um, it could have been Reggie Jackson's injury. Uh, Andre Drummond was shooting a very high percentage in free throw. His shot does look a little bit different. He shot 50% tonight. He is currently shooting 72%. I just want to throw it out there. What? Uh, give me an over-under on his uh, free throw percentage for the year, for the year, for the season. Uh, I if if I were setting the line, I'd set the line at forty percent. Ooh, 
This is you're, you're basically hoax. revert to the mean. Yeah, this is a total hoax. This is not. <laughs> this is not. He does not shoot this well. I'm I'm giving him. I, I think I said this last episode. I think he might shoot over sixty percent this year. Whoa! I think he might. I think he might do it. I got faith in Andre Drummond. I got. I believe in him. <laughs> Optimistic. I'm a I'm a Andre Drummond fan, even though nobody else is. I uh, I just like the guy. I, I um I don't like watching him play basketball, and I don't like him having on my fancy basketball teams. But I like Andre Drummond, the person. He seems like a nice guy. Um, Avery Bradley's been slumping on this team, but uh, had a very um, good night tonight. So, um, and this is why we keep telling people stop panicking. I said I'm going to say this every episode. Stop panicking. Don't drop players who you drafted in the top 60, top 70. Don't do really anything drastic for the first at least two weeks. I I mean, yeah. Avery Bradley, people were starting to freak out about him tonight, 20 points. Other than than Gorgie Dang. Other than Gorgie Dang and Markel Fultz, I can't think of a top 100 player of a player who was like universally drafted in the top 100 who should be dropped. Right. Can you? No. Um, maybe if I thought a little bit harder, but you're pretty much right. Like why are, why are you giving up on a player after two games, three games, four games? It makes sense with false. It makes sense with old gorgeous dang over there because he isn't playing. Right. It's very obvious. Like even Jamal Murray, like I don't think I would give up on Jamal Murray even, but Gorgeous Dang, Marco Fultz, they look like trash. Well, Fultz looks like trash. Gorgeous Dang doesn't have the playing time. And the number one and most important thing about fantasy basketball is playing time. Minutes per game, and if the minutes aren't there, they're just not going to produce. And it, yeah. it, it makes sense to to cut uh, cut bait with those guys. Exactly. Um, Anyone else on this Pistons team that uh, that you, you kind of like for the rest of the year? Anyone um, on this bench? Stan Van Gundy doesn't really hit the bench very hard. No. So, I mean, if, if you know, whatever happened at the end of last year happens again, then Ishmith, you know, will need to be added. Um, Ishmith, is, Ishmith is a good player when, he, when he's getting – he's a good fantasy player. I, I don't know that he's a good player player, but he's yeah. a good fantasy player when he's getting minutes. Um, same with John Liauer, Lure. I think it's Lure. Lure. I think my he he went to Wisconsin. I think, and my friend always yells at me for not remembering how to say his name. Um, <laughs> whatever. Um, that guy. So I mean, those two backups. If there, if something ever happens to Tobias Harris, Stanley Johnson, Reggie Jackson, then those two back backups almost instantly are addable in all leagues. Um, but that's it. it, it yeah, it's only in, in until then, those are just deep league relevant type players, right? But yeah, uh, I, I will throw out there in 22 minutes, Ishmith had 13 assists off the bench, a great streamer for assist. And mm-hmm. shout out to Stanley Johnson for going six for 12 tonight. He hit his shots. Look at this. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, still not picking him up. Yeah, no, no, you don't want to pick him up. Um, definitely don't want to pick him up. So I, I did some, I did, I like did some dive. I've been talking about this Pistons collapse. And so in case people, you know, don't follow the Pistons enough to know what I'm talking about, the Pistons were a, after 66 games last year. So this is the beginning of March. They were a 500 team. They were in position to make the playoffs in the East. Over their last whatever games, they went four and twelve. Andre Drummond averaged eight points per game, and his field goal percentage fell to below fifty percent. He became a forty-seven percent shooter. His free throw percentage fell all the way down to twenty-five percent. Um, the team just totally imploded. And because it's the Pistons and no one really cares about the Pistons, no one talked about it nat- nationally. Um, and I, I wouldn't even know about it if it wasn't my job to write about fantasy sports. Like, yeah, nobody, I mean, nobody noticed. No one noticed unless you owned 
you know, some of these players and we're in the playoffs and we're like, Hey, aren't you supposed to play better than this? Yeah. Those are probably the only, the people outside of, um, the Detroit, the greater Detroit area who, uh, actually noticed that even though the people in the greater Detroit area probably didn't even, probably didn't even notice. They're like, what? Pistons are still in town. <laughs> yeah. Did you see, I don't know if you saw the pictures from tonight there. So they got a new arena and it was like empty for this game that we were oh, doing. That's brutal. Yeah. That's too bad. Maybe I maybe I can go up there and sit courtside when uh, the Bulls go to town. See, that would have been nice um, a couple years ago when uh, the Bulls were good. The Bulls are said um, incredibly, incredibly terrible. But like I promised, I would like to talk about last night's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And now the Bulls, when they play the Cavaliers, there is a – Usually about a 75% chance they're going to win if it's the regular season and a 20% chance, 25% chance if it's the playoffs. <laughs> and um, the Bulls played really well. Of course. Of course they did. And uh, luckily they lost because uh, they need to be the worst team in the league and get the first draft pick. But Lowry Markkinen yeah. was just like not even touching the net with his shots. Like, yeah, this just, guy – He's he good. Can he can shoot. And everybody had a pretty good game uh, in, in the starting uh, group here. And I'm actually going to go out there and say until Bobby Portis comes back, which hopefully he never does, but um, Larry Markin should be owned in standard leagues. He had 19 points, five three-pointers, and eight rebounds in a block. Oh, he should be owned in all leagues. He should be owned in, in eight-team leagues. Yeah, why not? Get him out there. Put him on your roster. Get those quality starts in your roto and, and head-to-head leagues. Yeah, I mean, he he is doing literally nothing in assist steals, and I think he has, like, two blocks this season. Um, uh, yeah, two blocks in three. Yeah, he's he's so, not going to be much else other than a, a guy who hits three-pointers gets some rebounds, right? He's Ryan Anderson. Uh, but, like, better. He's like old, uh, young Ryan Anderson. Yeah, but but with a better field goal percentage. That's true. He's he's shooting incredibly well. He's only taking um, uh, good shots. It yeah. seems, and to him, three pointers are good shots. So yeah, um, that is promising, especially as a, um, a a loyal to the team, not um, uh, an hater of the front office Bulls fan that I am. Yeah. Um, I also went out and said, I think Robin Lopez, if he's not owning, he's owned in quite a few leagues. If he's not owned in your leagues, he's really the go-to guy on this team. Like they, they continue to go to him uh, to get them out of jams. And he, he's always um, kind of in the right place at the right time. And last night he didn't have a very good night, only 11 points and uh, three rebounds. But I, I think that's a little bit out of character. And if you need yeah. rebounds and a block and, and, and some decent points off the uh, waiver wire at the end of your bench from your center spot, Robin Lopez should be open in stand leagues as well. Yeah. He yeah, and he even added the three point shot this year. I guess he got embarrassed. I guess uh Blake was embarrassing him with Blake getting all those threes um last year that Robin added it added it into his oh, game this year. You mean year. uh Brooke? Yeah, what I don't know what I said. Cuz Brooke uh, cuz Brooke was making him last year and now Robin has made a few this year. Well, he made one tonight. I I'm impressed. Yeah. Uh, is anyone else on this Bulls team uh, standard league relevant? Uh, yeah, Jerry and Grant. Jerry and Grant. in all leagues. I don't know. That guy sucks. I mean, yeah, I agree. I, like, I don't want him on the Celtics, but he's a starting point guard getting more than 30 minutes a night. Like, trash. That's... Even even at 30 minutes a night, he, he, he's hit or miss. I, I mean, seven assists, five assists, ten assists. That should not be on your waiver wire. Yeah, he, he, over the last three games, he's averaged uh, 10 points, uh, almost no threes, four rebounds, and seven assists and a steal. So, okay, there's your – the seven assists is your argument, and I, that's a fair argument. Uh, if you are getting someone who gets seven assists, you probably should be owned. I can't do it. And um, I'm interested to see what happens when uh, Dunn comes back. So Dunn might be back in the next couple of weeks. We'll see what happens to Jerry and Grant's playing time after that. But that might be weeks away. I mean, seven assists for one week is worth an ad. 
Sure, yeah. yeah. In the uh, intermediate time, right? But uh, over the long term... And it's, guy's and it's a, not like Dunn's a world beater here. Hey, he's the point guard of the future. Hold on. <laughs> Do you believe the that? The point guard of the future, um, because where we're going in the future, we don't need point guards. Um, Ed Cooley, the Providence coach, uh, he has brought... He 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 brought Jared Dudley. Uh, he's, he recruited Jared Dudley and developed Jared Dudley at Boston College, uh, and he brought uh, such other talents as Craig Smith and Sean Williams. Um, Craig Smith played for the Timberwolves for like three years. Sean Williams, uh, very few people will remember him. He was suspended, I believe, by the Nets because he showed up late to a game. And when I say showed up late to a game, I don't mean, you know, he showed up. The team was supposed to show up at 5.30 for the 7.30 game, and he showed up at 6. I mean, the game started at 7.30, and he showed up at 8.15. Did did Sean Williams have, like, really stupid dreadlocks, or am I thinking of a different Sean Williams? Um, He had like a big fro and then he braided it down. Yeah, I could I think I know exactly who you're talking about. I I remember this guy. He could jump out of the building. He was an incredible shot blocker and he had a commitment to weed that he was Listen, I respect anybody with a commitment to weed. It's he, a, he, it's, it's he a fine weed. hobby to get into. He liked weed more than he liked basketball and he knew what his priorities were. And yeah, he possibly should have taken uh, more interest in the hobby that made him uh, could have made him millions. But of that's dollars. not how he looked at it. To him, it was, you know, <laughs> he wanted to smoke weed, and basketball was this other thing. And as long as it didn't get in the way of weed, it was okay. And I, I, I think he's totally happy with the choices he made. Well, he was just uh, a handful of years. Too early, ahead of his time, really, because uh, I don't know if everybody read this, but David Stern came out and um, and said he thinks marijuana should be taken off the banned substance list for the NBA. And I, yeah, ha- I have to say that it should be. T- I agree with him. It should be taken off the banned substance list on all lists. Yeah, of course. I, I, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, it really it is interesting to think about. Play. I mean, Sean Williams, we were talking about, but there are a couple of others who their NBA careers were really impacted by, like, you know, weed suspensions. And what would have happened if it was just legal like it should have been or not banned like it should have been? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's quite a few of those guys out there. and But luckily, and I think it's pretty obvious, you know, that was – you know, the late 90s, early aughts, and in the early 90s, late 80s, it was cocaine and, and people were dropping dead. Yeah, I mean, that was bad. You, that, that that just goes to show you the difference between the, the two substances. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. You, you, that, was, that, was, that was a bad thing. Certainly. Um, let's, let's go to the game of the night tonight. Um, the wall ball spectacular. The yeah. Los Angeles Lakers versus the Washington Wizards. This game is about over. It's actually a one point game. We should not be doing this podcast. We should be watching this game. Um, yeah, let's talk about the guy everybody is talking about um, because because you have to. Lonzo Ball tonight one for eight. Huh? Weird when you're when he's playing against a team with guards who can defend. He doesn't seem to be uh, shoot the ball very well. And uh, I heard, did you put an S on guards? Are you accusing Bradley Beal of defending? I, I, I think he's defending better than the entire Phoenix Suns team. <laughs> As obvious right. one for eight performance. I mean, John Wall's a great defender and Bradley Beal. Yes. Better than the Suns. Yeah. He's out there, right? He's a body. <laughs> um, also, I think they have some guards on the bench that might've maybe, maybe, maybe got in. Um, Let's let's talk about this Lakers team, right? I think there's a lot to to digest here. Yeah, that's for especially sure. with this uh, tonight's, um, I guess, appearance—the very first appearance of 
the three named Cavinius uh, Caldwell Pope, 36 minutes tonight, 11 points, six rebounds, five assists, two steals, two three pointers. I like that across the board type production. Um, even though he um, his shooting is is always good, his shooting percentage is always going to be a little bit suspect. Um, what do you, what do you think about Caldwell Pope? Um, I've never loved him. I mean, I've, I've assumed that his talent is better than the rest of what's on this team. And so I have assumed that he'll have fantasy value because by nature of being better, he'll get a lot of minutes. Uh, I, I've never been like a huge KCP fan. Uh, so, I mean, like you said, he's historically had a very bad field goal percentage, uh, he's a okay scorer. He's does, you know, re, he does a little bit in terms of like some steals, a little bit of rebounds, a little bit of assists, but uh, I've, I've never loved his stat profile, but he's probably someone who should be owned. So in the, in the world of, of, like I said, I do, I'm not, I wasn't joking when I said I follow the three named guys in the league in the world of, Hollis Jefferson, Caldwell Pope, Kill Gickers, who is definitely at the bottom of the list now. Um, Caldwell Pope actually kind of solidified himself last year, being one of the the better of of those three. I kind of I don't throw Cat in there because he's too good, right? Um, and even though his shooting percentage is is trash, he was hitting threes and getting the occasional rebound, the occasional uh, assist, occasional steal. With yeah. more playing time this year, uh, I, I'm a little worried that his his volume shooting will be even somehow worse, even though he'll score a little bit more, probably hit a little bit more threes. I mean, I, I think he's worth streaming, but I just don't think he's worth owning. I mean, I, I think 36 minutes tonight, and if if that's the workload he's going to see, it's it's rare for someone to be averaging more than 32 minutes and not be worth owning. Um, yeah. So I, I, I feel like he's probably, I feel like he's probably going to be worth owning though. I agree. He's not the most exciting player and, and that field goal percentage, if he's getting extra volume might hurt. Yeah. And I'm actually surprised Luke Walton played him 37 minutes tonight. This game is about to go into overtime just got tied up at 92-92. I think Brandon Ingram just hit the final shot, according to my updates here. Uh, Brandon Ingram, some people have pegged him out to be a um, kind of a, a breakout star this year. I think he's still pretty wiry, still got a lot to prove. Tonight he's got 19 points and 10 rebounds, two assists, one steal. Yeah, that's great. Do you think Brandon Ingram's a top 100 player by the end of the season? I didn't, but I'm coming around. Um, I'm, a, I, I'm still uh, holding judgment, right? I still think he needs to work on a lot. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, so I didn't it, coming. He's he's one of these players who, you know, we don't we don't we don't always get him right, and and he's one of these players who I'm coming around on. He's definitely going to get the minutes. He was averaging more than 30 minutes last year, so he's definitely not going to lose minutes this year. And while he kind of stunk last year, especially compared to expectations, uh, he he looked great at Duke, and I thought he was going to translate well to the NBA. So, you know, it's weird that he had such a such a weird, inconsistent, bad year last year but but maybe he's finally becoming that player that I saw him flash when he was at Duke he's he's got flashes right like I I completely agree with you there the flashes are there and that's what makes me interested anytime a player you know similar to what I was talking about with Jamal Murray the flashes are there the youth is there the talent is there it's just when are they going to put it together and, he's, uh, honestly, he's someone I'd rather have in 
weekly lineups than in daily lineups because even though he's not a rookie right now, he's probably going to keep going through those rookie-like inconsistencies. I mean, I'm looking at his bot, like the way ESPN shows his box score, and it's so perfect for what I think of Brandon Ingram right now because in every category, it's wildly inconsistent. 12 points, 25 points, 7 points, 19 points. Yeah. You know, rebounds, 10, 2. Two, five, like it makes no sense. He still hasn't put it together. It's all over the place. You know, sometimes two of the good stats align and sometimes they don't. And so, you know, in a weekly format where I don't have that option to be putting him on my bench for his, for his one good night and then put him in the roster in the lineup. Cause he had a good night last night and he sucks. Um, I, I like him more in that setting where I have to make that decision once. I don't want to be making the decision every day. Yeah, those, those types of players are super frustrating, and I, I can't really deal with that type of inconsistency. Um, just that kind of, I check my roster um, ungodly amount of times per day, per week, and I play in a lot of roto leagues, right? So you'd think I would get used to the fact that, all right, it's all about averages. It's all about what they do for the entire season. But it's also about, in roto, is just getting quality quality starts and having a guy who gets really good starts and then really bad starts that averages out to an all right player that works sometimes i don't think brandon ingram's averages are an all right player i think it's maybe a waiver wire player maybe a standard league fringe player into the bench type of player he's not you know doing nick batum stuff where he almost gets a triple double and then the next game uh, has like 11 points and, and four assists like Nick Batum's super inconsistent, but his average is is good enough to be, you know, a top 70, top 60 player. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I It's just, it's, scoring is such an overrated category in fantasy, but at the same time, it's hard to ignore a player getting 25 points and 19 points in two of his first four games. That That's... You, in order to score that much, you have to have some amount of ability. Yeah, you have to have the talent. And uh, speaking of talent, we skipped over the guy who um, went one for eight tonight, Lonzo Ball. What he's got eight assists, a steal, a block, seven rebounds, four points. What what's going on with Lonzo Ball? so far this season and, and and what do you think about him the rest of the season so yeah lonzo ball i mean is he like a a like roided up um ricky rubio like i guess not roided because ricky rubio and lonzo ball neither of them are like you know overly muscular but like if Ricky Rubio took, you know, HGH and was yeah, but Ricky Rubio is good. Uh, but I, I think Lonzo is Lonzo Ball good? good. Yeah, I think he is. He's a good distributor, right? But if but Ricky Rubio has developed the ability to to hit the occasional three, get to the rim, score some points. I get it. It's Lebron's, It's Lonzo's like third game of, of his NBA career. I guess he's got some work to do, right? But how long is it going to take for that work to get done? So, I mean, he's not a scorer. He, that's not what he is. That's not what he was. He's a good three-point shooter. But, I mean, think about – he averaged – in in college, he averaged more than two three-pointers a game. So that's six points right there. But yet he still didn't average 15 points a game. He's not someone who takes a ton of shots. And it, it's almost Moriball-like in terms of the way he either shoots a three or he shoots from real close. Yeah, I, I don't think he's ever I don't think he's ever going to be someone who is a is a is a bulk scorer or like a like a Wiggins-esque type player. Oh no. He 
you're not drafting him for that, right? Like you should have known what you were drafting for in the first place. You're drafting for the assists, but the rebounds have really impressed me. He's averaging nine rebounds over the last three games. And, and I expect that to continue. Yeah, and they're giving him the most minutes on this team. They're playing him 34 minutes a game. And for those two reasons, the playing time and the combinations of, of rebounds and assists uh, make him ownable in, in all standard leagues, really, because it's hard to find, um, you know, eight, nine assists guys, guys any, hardly anywhere. Like, that's, that's an incredibly rare stat. It's just – it's got to be frustrating to see – Four points. Oh, don't worry. He had another shot. He scored six tonight. Oh, few. Close one. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's not he's not a scorer. He's apparently not going to be one, at least not this year. You know, not in his in the young stage of his career. But I mean, the those rebounds, those assists, those threes when he's shooting better than one for eight, or now he's up to two for ten. Um, that's gonna be. He's going to contribute. I I think he still might finish as a top 70, top 80 player. Um, I, I think that that's still in play. Yeah, it's definitely in place because of the, the assist and steal combination, the fact, or assist and rebound combination, the fact that he can get a, a, probably a steal and a three or two um, eventually once he gets his, um, I guess, shot together, even though he has one of the ugliest uh, – Uglier shot than Sean Marion, and that's saying a lot. Um, let's do a real quick uh, rapid fire for the rest of these uh, Lakers and Wizards. Kyle Kuzma played th- is playing 30 minutes tonight. He yeah. should not be owned in standard leagues, correct? Uh, not, not for the purpose of using him daily. Uh, he is okay to own as a stash, as someone who you're – I mean, excited yeah. about what might happen if he. If keeps you're the in a dynasty league, in a keeper league, uh, if you're in a redraft league, uh, what are you waiting for? I I mean, as I, he's a he's a second round pick who came out of nowhere and is already getting you know twenty five plus minutes, three well, games in a row. That's what's so confusing, right? Is that yeah. he does have the, uh, but I'm not impressed with his fantasy stats at all. No, I'm no, I'm not. Um, I'm not either. So I mean, worth noting though. I mean, one of his uh, one of the things he's doing is scoring. So he's better suited to a points league. I mean, you probably have some listeners who are who are points sure. league players. Uh, they, should points, playing, they should stop playing points leagues. But yeah, that's they're, also they're, they're out there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I I. I also think that non-points leagues are more fun. But, hey, if it works for you, you do you. Yeah, everybody do you. Just stop playing points leagues. <laughs> um, so I don't mind I don't mind holding on to him as, like, that sort of you want to give it a little bit more time to see how it pans out. But you should not be using him. You should not be holding him with the intention of, like, next week I'm going to be able to use him because that's not. Yeah, no, I would uh, for it's, I'd rather hold John Collins. Like John Collins, yeah, oh yeah, on, on Atlanta, it, it, he, the, his per thirty six, his efficiency, his rebounds, the fact that he can shoot free throws, all that adds up to me as someone who could be given the time, the uh, a breakout candidate. Kyle Kuzma's playing twenty five minutes a game, right, and he looks fine. Like he looks like he scores and gets the occasional rebound, but he's not doing anything fantasy wise across the board. Right, and the other issue is that he's taking minutes away from Julius Randle, who, I mean, I think I'm ready to start dropping him in standard leagues. If you want a top 100 guy who could probably be dropped, and Larry Larry Nance Jr. All all these guys are taking minutes away from each other, and I'm not sure any of them become a top 100 player this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is the especially disappointing thing about Kuzma is because Nance and Randle have such more fantasy friendly profiles. You know, if they if, with Nance and Randall, if they could just get the minutes, they would be great fantasy performers, and all of their minutes is going to Kuzma. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a mess there now between all the three of those players. And for the record, I am not dropping Randall. I definitely think it's premature. I think I think you wait another five games minimum. I think his upside is too high. Give it a couple weeks. Uh, don't do anything drastic in the first two weeks, and I think. 
a young guy like Randall on a team like the Lakers is would be drastic. But at this point, with the amount of minutes he's been playing, the things that are coming out of that Lakers camp about the way he's been practicing, the way he's been playing, I'm I'm pretty worried about it right now. I'm worried too, but those reports are actually making me feel better because if this is an attitude thing, then that can change. And as his attitude changes, the minutes would go up. True. But, um, you know, how far will they go up where when you got to feed Larry Nance and, and Kuzma, this, this, this like whole situation really isn't ideal. You really want more of a, um, a situation where either the guy is, is next in line or is going to get 25 minutes off the bench no matter what, like a Frank Kaminsky type of yeah. situation, not a not a Larry Nance Jr. situation. Yeah. What's going on with Brooke Lopez? I don't know. He's not been shooting very well. Taking no. a lot of threes. And, and he's not blocking shots. No. He's not really hanging around the rim. And I don't know yeah. if it's just him getting used to playing in – LA or he doesn't really care to uh, assert himself like he did. I don't know why he cared in Brooklyn. So why would he, why is he playing any different in LA? Uh, it's a bit of a slump. I think uh, I'm not terribly worried about it. Maybe he isn't going to average 1.7 blocks per game like he did last year. Uh, but it's, it's going to be over a block and he's going to hit over three. Yeah. And his percentage is going to go back up. Um, I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about it. It could be because they run a little bit more and, uh, Brooke Lopez doesn't like to run too much. So we'll see how this plays out, but I'm not I'm not trying to to move Brooke Lopez or, or, or sell him right now, thinking, you know, too, this is what you're gonna look what he's gonna yeah. look like for the rest of the season. I think you lose too much if you were to try to sell him. I mean, he was a I had him top forty. I, I couldn't get top forty value for him right now. I couldn't get top fifty or sixty for him right now. No, nah, it depends. I mean, like I said, it depends on what kind of league you're in. If someone yeah. knows, if someone also thinks he's slumping right now and thinks you're, um, it's one of those trades that actually the exact trade I, I talked about earlier. You look at Brooke Lopez, you don't like his fit in LA. You think maybe he's, you know, taking a step back this year, doesn't like to run with his team. And he's a top 40 value in your opinion, if you played normally, mm-hmm. but in LA, he's probably going to be maybe a 60 value. If you can get someone who's in the the fifty range who might have a better higher upside, that's a good trade. Yeah. You're kind of you're trading down, but you're trading on what you think the rest of the season's going to look like. Yeah, it's hard to pull off, and they're crapshoots. But um, sometimes it's uh, you got to take a chance. I'd rather take my chance that he improves. I think that's fair. Um, he's he's. He's too good. Right. I'm a little concerned that he only played 23 minutes tonight. And Kyle Kuzma is is, is ranking up 33 minutes. Um, but this is, could be just one of those weird games where Walton wants to see if the kids can win it. And it uh, looks like they're about 38 seconds from winning it. My, my, my feeling is John Wall might have something to say about that. Um, let's, uh, let's just wrap this up before the, uh, the Lakers-Wizards game is over. Maybe we can catch the, the last shot. Uh, Alex... You got anything to plug? Anything you want people to uh, go find out there? Maybe download that podcast? Yeah, I mean, just um, please check out that podcast, Fast Breaks Fantasy. It's pretty much everywhere. If it's, uh, I'm still working on uh, working out the kinks on, uh, I think it's uh, Spotify, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's in just about every other app. So please give me a, you know, give me a subscribe, give me a review, check that out. Um, and if you see any problem, if it's not showing up on your podcast of preference, tweet at me and let me know so I can fix it. Uh, what's your, uh, where, where can we tweet at you? At Reclean, R-I-K-L-E-E-N, just my last name. Perfect. And you can find me at Watch the Boxes on Twitter as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, you like what we're doing here, please, um, first off, go when you get on the app and download the fast breaks fantasy podcast, because it's a pretty good, nice little short, quick uh, fantasy podcast for easy consumption, but then rate and review both of those podcasts. Cause that helps both of us. It helps uh, get our podcast out there, helps people find it, tell a friend, tell people in your league, uh, anything you can do. 
Uh, we really appreciate it here and it helps um, this podcast continue to provide the uh, analysis that all our listeners seem to enjoy. So cool. I think that's it for tonight. Alex, thank you so much for uh, joining me tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a good night, everybody.